You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. Now, here's the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Led by a pair of record-breaking performances, the Arizona State Sun Devils erupted for their most prolific offensive showing of the 2022 football season in Saturday night's win at Colorado. Now the Sun Devils get set to welcome to Tempe one of the top offensive clubs in all of college football as the 10th-ranked UCLA Bruins come to town this weekend. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we recap the Colorado victory and preview the matchup with UCLA here on the Maroon Monsoon presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play broadcaster for Sun Devil Football and your host for tonight's show, which is coming your way live from Dave & Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. Come on down and join us if you're in the area. My co-host once again, Arizona State Interim Head Coach Sean Aguano, whose team is coming off a 42-34 win at Colorado this past Saturday evening. A new starting quarterback, a new play caller, 557 total yards, 42 points, a win for the Sun Devils. A pretty satisfying performance by your team, huh? Absolutely. I, you know, the kids, uh, uh, changes, again, always hard. And, and uh, you know, they, uh, they're excited about it. And, and then a few record breakers. And, uh, but I thought all the kids had fun, and that was the main thing. I think every, to this. everybody in Maroon and Gold in that stadium, Folsom Field, had fun last Saturday. And, uh, boy, talk about the record breakers. We may set a Pac-12 record for best lineup of guests on a coach's show in recent memory. The two Sun Devil players who set program records in the Colorado win, they're here with us tonight. Tight end Jalen Conyers, quarterback Trenton Borgay will be with us. We'll also visit with one of ASU's top pass defenders as quarterback Roe Torrance will visit with us as well. You want more? We got more as we'll be joined later on by the guy who gets the Devils all pumped up and ready to go every game each season as ASU football's sports performance coach Joe Connolly, one of our favorite guests through the years, will stop by and visit. Like a football game, our show is formatted in quarters, so let's get her going with the first quarter of tonight's show. Welcome to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, the first quarter. And as we welcome back Coach Sean Aguano now, and uh, Sean, you put the quarterback uh, starting job up for grabs in practices last week between uh, Trenton and uh, Emory Jones, and you named Trenton Borgay your starter against Colorado on Friday, and boy, did he deliver for you, throwing for 435 yards, three touchdowns, the 435 passing yards, the most ever by an Arizona State quarterback in his starting debut. What uh, were some of the things that impressed you most about his performance? You know, his poise in the pocket, um, his trust with his receivers, the way he delivered the ball on time, anticipated real well, and it was uh, highly uh, accurate going into the game. But overall, played with a great great moxie, and that's a word that I've used before when when I'm looking for a quarterback, and uh, he played with great moxie and uh, great confidence. I posed the question to a couple of the guys yesterday, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. To me, Trenton has, when he's on the field, he has a little bit of an it factor. Uh, What qualities do you think give him that it factor? You know, the preparation and leadership – that uh, um, a lot of his teammates look forward to the the accuracy, the knowledge of the offense. Um, he's another coach on the field, um, and so most of those conversations that we have is, Trent, you got it. Yes, I got it. We're good. And uh, you know, and 
he knows how to process what I'm thinking as well. And so that all worked uh, to perfection uh, uh, came last Saturday. The phrases that come to mind when I watch him play in these two games, the, the win at wa- against Washington and last Saturday in uh, Boulder, uh, command and field presence. He seems to really uh, go off the charts on both those. Absolutely. And good players make people around them better. And, you know, our offensive line, the, the two times that uh, he was at our quarterback, they did not give up a sack uh, because he gets rid of the ball uh, quickly. Um, just because the understanding of the offense and uh, how, he, uh, like you said, how he commands the offense and uh, did a remarkable job. Our receivers did a heck of a job after the catch, um, and uh, we spread it around a little bit. I think nine or ten different uh, receivers caught the ball, and so um, it was a great win for for the whole team. And we're going to talk about that in a moment, but uh, in addition to a new starting quarterback, a new play caller. By the name of Sean Aguano, uh, taking over uh, the play calling duties the other night. Uh, take us inside the headsets. How did all of that function? Uh, uh, because I know you had words of praise for Glenn Thomas and the job he did in helping you on uh, Saturday. How did that? Uh, how did that all work out in terms of your expectations? Well, it's my philosophy uh, in regards how I want the offense run. Uh, the plays are very similar. Um, I get input from all of the coaches, so I was very thankful for for their preparation. Um, we sat down together. Coach Thomas did an incredible job with the with the quarterbacks. Um, but those conversations that we have on our headsets, all about what's the next play, the series, the sequence, um, and so he's always um, um, giving me information and knowledge, and and uh, we all work together. So it's just not me just making the play calls. It's a it's a group of our coaches putting together the hard work and preparation. And then uh, me making sure that I communicate that to Trenton. In addition to Trenton, uh, the other uh, breakout star of the game on Saturday was uh, Sun Devil tight end Jalen Conyers, who had a career game, six receptions, 108 yards, and three of his catches went for touchdowns. And you think about uh, guys like Todd Heap and Zach Miller and Chris Coyle, terrific tight ends that played at Arizona State. Jalen is the first and only tight end in the history of the program to catch three touchdowns in one game. Fantastic. And, and Jalen has uh, made incredible catches in practice. You know, i got to get on him to make sure that uh, there's ball security and making sure that uh, he doesn't come complacent. So, um, But at the same time, he has incredible ball skills. Um, he's getting better and better, understanding the offense, understanding the urgency that I want him to play with. And so it's a work in progress, but to see that progress um, out on Saturday and him being able to um, execute that and, and have fun at the same time. Like I said before, I thought uh, that was a little Ralphie running down the field uh, going on. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, people bouncing off of him, but he, a heck of an athlete um, and, and a good person. I was talking to Trenton about uh, Jalen, and uh, he said a phrase that reminded me a little bit of Nikhil Harry and that when Nikhil was here, uh, he was always open, even if it was covered, because they'd throw him open. He'd, he'd go get those 50-50 balls. And, boy, Jalen's third touchdown catch, the last one late in the game, kind of was reminiscent of that uh, ball that Trenton threw up there in the end zone. Jalen went up and got it. Absolutely. You know, the kids taught me a new word, love, mossing. I don't know what mossing means, but, uh, you know, Jalen goes up and, and gets the ball. Um, you know, he's big mitts. He, he, you know, he's uh, size advantage over these corners and safeties, um, but just his athletic ability, hip turn and all of that stuff. But uh, um, when you can win those 50-50 balls, it makes it uh, a lot easier calling the offense. Boy, it sure does. Sean, was uh, was it a uh, 
an objective of yours to get the tight ends more involved in the offense uh, starting Saturday, or was that something that just kind of developed the way the game progressed and the way Colorado was defending you? You know, when you look at putting together the offense, you look at uh, getting your playmakers the ball, um, and that's about 80% of the preparation. Then you look at uh, what the mismatches are, um, and I saw there was some mismatches of them in the middle of the field, and, um, and so we took advantage of those. Um, but, again, it's still a progression for uh, Trenton to go through and, and making sure that he makes the right reads and just what happens those are the guys uh, in the progression that he delivered to. Yeah, Jalen was terrific, and we can't forget Messiah Swinson. He caught three passes, 55 yards. Your tight ends really showed up big in that game. Absolutely, and, and they've been working hard and waiting for this moment. Now uh, they're not a secret anymore, and so they're going to be covered, and so we'll see how this all plans uh, executes on this Saturday. There was one other player that uh, made some news on Saturday. Your running back, X Valade, is fifth 100-yard game of the year, 118 yards to be exact three rushing touchdowns and he became only the 143rd running back in the history of the football bowl subdivision to go over the 4,000 yard mark for career rushing yards in fact i'm stoked for saturday we're going to see the top two rushers in the pac-12 conference on this field saturday night in ucla's zach charbonnet and arizona state's x valaday and you know he has 153 yards to be the top 100 and so um, he's going to get that, of course, but, uh, you know, he's worked really hard. Uh, you know, he had a, a death in the family last week. And yeah, you were telling I, us and I told that. The, and I told the team what makes it so special was he did not fly home, and we had that conversation. I wanted to make sure that family is first, and, and he wanted to go back and, and be with his family, but him and his mom had a conversation, and he stayed for our team. And so wow. that meant a lot uh, to them. Uh, on Sunday, uh, I gave him the game ball because of all those accomplishments. But, uh, you know, he deserves um, all, all the accolades that, uh, that is coming his way. What's his situation this week? Did he leave this week to be with his family? No, or he, what's he? no he's going to be here with the team. Uh, he, he feels that is important. When that time comes, when he has to fly home for a day, he'll fly home for a yeah. day for the funeral. But other than that, uh, he's here for, all in for the team. Well, certainly our thoughts and prayers, and I think those of all of Sun Devil Nation are with X. What a great kid he is and a great addition to this program. And, uh, we, uh, one other star we got to mention, and there were a bunch of them offensively on Saturday, Elijah Badger. I think, remember all the conversation in preseason, was Arizona State going to find a go-to receiver? I think they found a go-to receiver in number two. He had career best numbers at Colorado, eight receptions, 137 yards. And how about that one play uh, where he caught the pass, and I think I counted ten missed Colorado tackles they just couldn't get him down what, what people don't understand because you know he's that stature kind of long and lanky he's one of our strongest uh, squatters and coach Joe will, will, will uh, attest to that he's one of our strongest individuals in the in the weight room we call him the he's he's a freak of nature when it comes to that but uh, um, he's getting better and better understanding the offense understanding again the urgency that I want him to play with um, and it is showing up every Saturday how did you size up the play of your defense on Saturday you know, I, I thought they did a solid job. It was more of a bend that don't break. Um, they gave up a couple of uh, big plays uh, that I wasn't happy with. Um, and, and one of the things where we weren't going to give up the big plays, um, we're going to make sure that uh, we get the offense to football um, on, on third down conversions. And they were at 50%. I'd like to see a little bit better than that. But the overall effort of our kids, um, that's something that I can never take away because they're playing to the last whistle and it's play after play after play. No matter what happens, I know that they're going to play hard the whole game. And we talked about you find you found a go-to receiver. You found a couple of guys, Elijah Badger, Brian Thompson, Geo Sanders. Now your tight ends. Uh, that's starting to really pick up. 
I think you've got a nice tandem at cornerback working right now uh, with the fellow who's going to be our guest in a little bit, Roe Torrance, the Auburn transfer, and Ed Woods, the young man from Oakland, California, starting on the other side opposite him. Those two have really played well lately, haven't they? Very well. Uh, And Roe, you know, his physicality, um, the thing that I like about Roe, he's always smiling. He's always always, uh, um, coachable, um, and he's getting better and better. And, And, you know, he has to go against the best uh, of their offense because of his physicality and we're playing against big receivers mm-hmm. it's not going to change this week but uh, uh ed woods i'm very very proud of as well and you know he's trust the process has worked and worked and worked and there's some days where uh you know he he looks like he's defeated but uh in the same time he comes to work every single day asking for more asking to be on special teams and so his maturity um uh, I, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, Donnie Henderson, your defensive coordinator, was telling the media earlier this week that uh, Ed has had some family issues in his past but uh, has really, really locked in this year. In fact, uh, he had three pass breakups at Colorado and has four for the season, and Roe Torrance leads the Sun Devils and is among the Pac-12 leaders with his eight PBUs on the year. Big test awaits you, though, UCLA. They're among the top. Uh, I think they're ninth in the nation in total offense, 11th in scoring offense. They average 500 yards, nearly 40 points a game. Chip Kelly's got uh, quite an offensive unit, doesn't he? Yes, he does, and, he, and he's a good coach. And, and they have uh, a very good quarterback, a good offensive line. Uh, so there's going to be a challenge for us. Um, offensively, you know, um, we're going to have to face a defense that is athletic, um, that runs through the ball and is very good in the secondary. So there's going to be a challenge for for us, but uh, like I told them today, there's not one inkling in my mind don't think that we're going to win this football game. There you go. Well, we will uh, break down the Bruins a little bit later on, but uh, we still have lots more headed your way on tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon. Coming up, as we said, a trio of Sun Devil players who will stop by and visit with us. From the ASU defense, we'll hear from cornerback Roe Torrance, and from the offense, the two headline stars from last week's win in Colorado as quarterback Trenton Borgay, who, by the way, is watching his younger brother play quarterback tonight for Western Michigan on ESPN, and tight end Jalen Conyers will join us. First, let's take a timeout. This is the Sun Devil Radio Network. Let's start the second quarter of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Broadcasting live from David Buster's at Tempe Marketplace, a great place for food and family fun. We welcome you back to this evening's edition of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light as we talk Arizona State football on this Wednesday night. Boy, we have a nice crowd with us tonight. I think the biggest of the year here at Dave & Buster's. Give yourself a hand, absolutely. I'm Tim Healy, your host. Glad you joined us. And I'm stoked for this segment. We have as good a lineup of player guests, I think, as we ever have had. Hopefully the guys that have been on the show before don't mind my saying that. But in any event, let me introduce you now to tonight's uh, player guests. We have three of them. And for the benefit of our uh, fans here in the restaurant, we're going to start with the fellow to my far right who is in his first season at Arizona State after transferring from Auburn University. Two years ago, he was the national junior college defensive player of the year at Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. This year, as a Sun Devil, he leads the Pac-12 with his eight pass breakups on the season. And along with Ed Woods, Gives ASU a solid tandem of cornerbacks at the back end of their defense. He's from Bessemer, Alabama, and we welcome Roe Torrance to the show. How you doing, Roe? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Thanks for coming on, buddy. Next uh, to Roe's left, uh, meet one of the two offensive stars of last week's win at Colorado. His career best night included six catches for 108 yards 
and three touchdown pass receptions, an Arizona State single-game record for a tight end. He is from Groover, Texas, up on the Texas Panhandle. Say hi to tight end Jalen Conyers. What's up, Jalen? How are you? Good to see you, bud. Good to see you, too. Last but not least, the other star of Saturday's Colorado win. Uh, he is to my immediate right. In, the, in his starting debut as Sun Devil quarterback, he threw for 435 yards, the most ever by any Sun Devil quarterback in his debut start. In Arizona State's last two wins, he has thrown for a combined 617 yards and six touchdowns. He is from Marana High School, Marana, Arizona. We welcome Trenton Borgay to the show. How are you doing, Trenton? Doing good, doing good. I know it's been a little bit tough for you. You've been uh, sweating out uh, the Western Michigan game on TV <laughs> Just a little for, bit. for fans. Uh, Trenton's younger brother, Trayson Borgay, made, what, his second career start yes, as Western Michigan's, quarter, uh, Western Michigan's quarterback. But unfortunately, they suffered a tough 13-9 to loss to Bowling Green tonight. But uh, he had him battling in there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it was a good one. It was a good one. Let's talk about you and your uh, performance. What are that was that you know you've had two wonderful moments in the last month, coming off the bench to lead the team to the win against Washington, and then last week at Colorado, starting for the first time and leading the team to an impressive victory over the Buffs. What are some of your memories, your takeaways from Saturday's game at Colorado? You know, it was a super uh, fun experience, and to get my first uh, college start, you know, being in an away game against a scrappy Colorado team, you know, it was a super great team effort. You know, offense played well and defense played well. Uh, well. Um, but, you know, I was just glad we were able to come away with the victory. When did Coach tell you that you were going to be the starter? Uh, the day before, so Friday morning. On Friday morning, yes, you found sir. out. Uh, you, the thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, we mentioned it when Coach Guano and I were talking a moment ago, that I'm so impressed with your command, your on-field presence, your poise. Where does all of that come from? I think, you know, I've just been raised. uh, I'm the oldest of six kids in my family. So, you know, I've kind of been that leader, you know, on the field and off the field. You know, not only just on on teams, but in the the family family as well. So, you know, I think I've just been raised like that by both my parents. And, you know, luckily just growing up over the years, I've been, you know, on many, many teams. And, you know, sometimes I'm the oldest, sometimes I'm the youngest. But, you know, I just try to find my role and help the team win in any way I can. And and you told me a couple, I think after the Washington game, that fans don't realize. Talk about some of the high-profile games and stadiums where you've played uh, football games. Yeah, you know, I've career. been able to, you know, travel the nation and play in the Atlanta Falcon Stadium, the, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. I've played in Texas, California, Florida, you know, against some of the top athletes, you know, that are, you know, playing in the NFL today. So, you know, I've had a, a lot of crazy and fun memories with the game of football. Speaking of uh, fun memories, Jalen Conyers has a few of them from Saturday night. Six catches, three for touchdowns, 108 uh, receiving yards, that ASU single game tight end receiving record four touchdowns Jalen what are your memories uh, in your photo uh, in your uh, mental uh, scrapbook that you take away from Saturday night's game uh, I think the first memory was celebrating with T every single time he threw to me so uh, you know just being in the spot I was in and somewhere uh, close to kind of home for me and getting to see uh, you know people that I know being at the stadium you know getting a team win like that was huge so uh, definitely a moment I won't forget for uh, the rest I live so yeah, and you and Trenton have quickly developed a great on-field rapport, but that's not just a coincidence. Talk about how the way you guys have worked at that. Huh? Um, I mean, I've been playing with them now for, what, a year and a half, so, you know, we've always kind of developed the connection to each other even when I first got here. So, you know, for, for to finally uh, come out uh, in a game against Colorado uh, where he got his first start and we got to play like that together is definitely uh, something we've both been waiting on for a long time, so. Yeah, how, how did it make you feel, you know, when I rattled off those names, great tight ends that have played here. Todd Heap, former All-Pro with the Baltimore Ravens. Zach Miller played with the uh, Raiders and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Chris Coyle was an outstanding tight end here about a decade ago. None of them, no tight ends, 
had ever caught three touchdown passes in a game before you did. Yeah, uh, well, definitely got to thank T for that. Uh, there's definitely a couple of passes. He, uh, he definitely could have found someone more open, but he gave me the opportunity. So I definitely appreciate it for that. But, uh, you know, it's definitely an honor to be uh, put with the likes of those guys. You know, those are guys, I mean, I grew up and I heard about watching on TV and my parents and my dad and all my friends have watched. So, you know, to be able to get to do something like that is definitely special. Um, you know, I'll, something I'll never forget. But now for me, it's just uh, being consistent, being able to do it uh, game after game after game. Trent, before we uh, go back over to Roe, I just want to get a quick thought from you. Uh, in terms of the tight ends, uh, they were utilized magnificently in that game. Was that part of the game plan, or was that just something that kind of unfolded the way Colorado defended you? You know, I think we always have them, you know, wanting to be utilized in the game plan, and the, the defense that Colorado showed, you know, they, they popped open a couple times, and, you know, I just wanted to feed them the ball. But, you know, just trying to find the open man and pick apart the defense any way I can. Ro, let's uh, check in with you now, my friend. Uh, transferring here from Auburn, what factors led you to pick Arizona State? You're from the state of Alabama. You come all the way across the country out to the desert to play for the Sun Devils, and we're glad you did. Uh, what were some of the factors that led you out here? Um, the main factor was pretty much how they accepted me when I first came on a visit. Like, it already felt like home. Like, they made me feel like I was already a part of the team. And the relationship that I built with the guys on a visit, I felt like it was somewhere I can come here and be successful. Now, you uh, you missed a couple games early in the season due to injury, but since then you've played really, really well. How would you evaluate your own play, and how do you feel the secondary, and especially you and Ed Woods at corner, are starting to come along? Um, I feel like we find our identity as a team, like as a as a defense on the back end. I feel like we find our identity, what we play, what we good at, and what we can do well. So um, I feel like we're just going to stick with that. And as um, far as Ed Woods, seeing him grow and mature, like Coach said, I'm very proud of Ed. Like, I can see the, the bad and the good, so I'm very proud of what he's doing. When things get hard, he's still pushed, ready to work, and he always up for the big match. I would imagine he looks up to you probably, doesn't he, because of the experience that you've had. How's that relationship? I mean, me and Ed, we, we kind of grew up, um, i say, a, a good relationship as we continue to play with each other, and it's things that I showed him that he didn't know, and it was some stuff that he told me that I didn't know about. But, like, I kind of try to be like that big brother, you know, Tell them this, tell them that, show them this, show them that. You know, just want to see them win. Yeah, it's, it's fun watching you out at cornerback because it, you have great size at 6'4". You're, you're a good matchup. Uh, Stanford had big physical receivers, and yet you guys stood, you, held your ground against those Oh, yeah, dudes, we went toe-to-toe. That was the plan. We knew they were going to try to come out and be physical. We knew, like, whoever was the most physical, that's who was going to win the battle. So, you know, we had to be the most physical team. Trent, let's go back to last week. What was it like for you, you and Emory Jones, competing for that starting job in practices last week? I, I think I get the sense that the two of you kind of make each other better players, don't you? Yeah, most definitely. You know, we're pushing each other to, to be the best we can each and every day, and whoever's out on the field is going to try to get the job done and help the team win. And I think, you know, as the season goes on, you know, we're going to continue to push each other and help each other and, you know, be each other, you know, each other's eyes, you know, whoever's on the field. And it's it, it's been a great relationship on and off the field. What do you think tipped the scales in your favor that enabled you to earn the starting job you know i just try to control what i can and and do what the coaches want me to do and at the end of the day it's, it's coach aguano and coach thomas's decision and whatever they say goes and i was just uh, very blessed to, to be named the starter if you can step back compare the two you, you had two different scenarios you come in off the bench when emory got hurt mm-hmm. against washington in the second quarter and did a great job leading the team the rest of the way and saturday at colorado you 
you were the starter, you were named Friday, and you were in there from the beginning. Is there any different difference in the mindset, the mental makeup or whatever when you go in in those situations? Not really. You know, I just try to stay in the present, and, and I try to prepare each and every week the last four years like I am the starter. So, you know, going in against Washington was, was nothing new for me. Um, you know, it was a little different coming off the bench, but no matter uh, the, the way I'm able to get in the game, you know, I'll, I'll try to be prepared the best way I can. Jalen, you just heard Trent say that uh, one of the keys, and, and he's talked about it a lot, is the, his ability to prepare every game like he's going to start, even though he hasn't until just last week. I see a similarity with the tight ends in that you guys work hard, do all your all your stuff all week, and sometimes the ball doesn't come your way, but doggone it, when uh, the time came for you and Messiah, you guys stepped up on Saturday. Can you talk about how gratifying that must have been for you guys uh, at the tight end position? Uh, yeah, you know, me and Messiah have just uh, tried to develop together, get a good relationship with each other, just trying to figure out what we're, both our strengths are to be able to help the team win, and you know... Uh, Situational-wise, it's been a lot of the, in the run game in the past game just trying to figure out what we need to do. And, you know, against Colorado, we finally kind of got to show what we were able to do in the past game and how dangerous we could be. So uh, it's definitely a good feeling for both of us. You know, we both finished that uh, game and got to talk to each other and say, like, that's something we want to get really get used to. Yeah. So, you know, for both of us, we're excited. We're ready for uh, the next final games ahead and uh, hopefully go make a bowl game so we can keep going and uh, show out. Again, uh, the combined numbers, really impressive. Uh, Jalen and Messiah teamed up for nine catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown. Now the key is to kind of keep that going week in and week out, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all the, uh, both of us have tried to be uh, just threats down the field, and, you know, not only that would be really good in the run game. So uh, whatever Coach Iguano calls, whatever uh, the game plan is, you know, we're going to be ready to execute. But, uh, Ro, you you guys face a big challenge uh, defensively this week against a UCLA offense that's uh, one of the top-ranked offenses in the country. Uh, what have you seen from them on film? What are your, some of your thoughts about this game coming up on Saturday? Um, they run the ball pretty well. The quarterback is the heart of the team. He's the heart of the offense. So, like, uh, we, I know we got to contain him and stop the run. But they got some pretty good receivers on the side who will make some plays. They got a big receiver. So I feel like if we do what we do well, we just, we'll be just fine. They have a veteran quarterback and also a quarterback that's very good with his legs, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. What are some of the challenges it poses for a defense when you have a quarterback that can hurt you running the ball and throwing the ball? Um, yeah, we know like he can run real well, so we want to contain him. We don't want to let him just run free. We want to force him to throw, beat us with his arm. Um, he's he a small guy. He stand in the pocket behind the big uh, line, so that's what we want. To, that's a win for us. We just can't let him run. Now, Trenton, you're going to go up against a UCLA defense that Coach Aguano has described as a very athletic group, and they've uh, played some good football this year. What are some of your thoughts on what you've seen of them on tape? Yeah, you know, they have a, a lot of uh, great defensive players. You know, they play with a lot of speed. And in the secondary, you know, they have some length at corner. Um, but, you know, just try to take what the defense gives us, and I think we have a great game plan, and, you know, we're going to go out there and try to execute it the best we can. We talked about Rowe transferring in from uh, Auburn a little while ago. Jalen, you transferred a couple years ago from another big-time football school in Oklahoma. What uh, – what were you, some of the factors that led you to come out to Arizona State? Well, you know, uh, it was a really interesting time when I transferred, you know, with COVID going on and stuff like that. So, oh, you know, yeah, for, me, right. for me, it was um, just some personal things, talking with my mom and, you know, trying to find the best situation that I was going to be in and being there at the time with COVID rules and guys being able to come back, uh, mm-hmm, even right. though they're seniors. Uh, it was just the best decision for me to uh, t- try to play somewhere else and ended up being Arizona State, and I'm definitely blessed and thankful to be here and be in the situation I'm in right now. Well, we're glad both of you, all you guys are here. Uh, Jalen, uh, how about your plans post-football or post-college? Uh, other than football, obviously, what uh, 
What do you see yourself doing in maybe 10 years? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously NFL, uh, that's my dream. Uh, obviously I want to do that. But if not, uh, actually I'm in uh, the journalism program here at Arizona State. So uh, that's what I'm going to continue to keep doing and graduate and uh, hopefully – do something with that hopefully maybe be like you someday and well i tell you what you got the pipes for it my friend for sure how about you ro what uh, what are your future plans um, you know like Jalen said honestly me uh first of all the nfl but you know yeah. after that i would like to get in construction like hands-on do a lot of hands-on work i'm good with my hands i wouldn't be outside so i feel like it'll be something i want to get into yeah Trenton, uh, you, you were telling me the other day that uh, how how good an athlete is Jalen. Some of the videos that you've seen him what dunking basketballs, doing windmill dunks. <laughs> yes, What's sir. Up with that? Yes, sir. You know, in the off season, you know, Coach Joe doesn't like us playing basketball, but sometimes, you know, we try to go to the rec and get some <laughs> basketball pickup games. And you know, he's out there dunking and throwing hoops to him and stuff. So he, he's a great athlete. Well, and uh, I know uh, you want to play as long as you can, but uh, you'd love to coach someday. Yes, you? sir. You know, I, I want to coach. Uh, I want to play as long as I can, but you know, in the future, I see myself uh, coaching. Well, I think our audience here would agree this was one of the more outstanding lineup of player guests on the uh, Maroon Monsoon. And, uh, guys, we thank you all for coming here. Great job, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks, Thanks for having Thank you. Thank you. Right. Roe Torrance, Sun Devil cornerback. Jalen Conyers, tight end. Quarterback Trenton Borgay, our guest here on the Maroon Monsoon. Coming up, we'll visit with one of our favorite guests on the show over the years as Sun Devil football's sports performance coach, Joe Connolly. We'll co- uh, just drop by and join us. You're listening to the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. Now, this time out here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, the third quarter. Sun Devil fans, the new Sun Devil Athletics Game Day mobile app is here. Manage your tickets, receive breaking news, light up Sun Devil Stadium with the Sun Devil Light's integrated smartphone light show and much, much more. Downloaded today from the Apple Store or Google Play. We continue now with tonight's edition of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, as we come your way live from Dave & Buster's at Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy, the radio voice of the Sun Devils, and your host tonight. We are delighted you joined us. Our guest on this segment is one of our favorites uh, coming on the show every year. He's in his fifth season as Arizona State football's sports performance coach in charge of the strength training and conditioning of the Sun Devil football players. Prior to ASU, he worked at the University of Massachusetts as well as at Louisville and South Carolina where he spent time working under the old ball coach Steve Spurrier with the Gamecocks. A native of the Boston area, we welcome Coach Joe Connolly to the show. How are you, Joe? Always good to see you, my friend. I'm doing great, Tim. It's always good to see you, too. We uh, we were just talking, uh, you know, Colorado is one of the great traditions in uh, college football when uh, Ralphie the Buffalo, and we understand Ralphie is actually a female of the species, but when they uh, run Ralphie around the field uh, prior to game time, do they do it at the start of the second half too? I'm not sure. I think they know. I know they do it at the beginning of the game. But I'm wondering uh, if you, you had a chance to get a good up close and personal look at Ralphie last week. Yeah, um, we were curious, so we went there. I guess maybe my first or second year here, maybe 18 or 19, mm-hmm. and 18 they, we played there. Yeah, 18, and they wouldn't let us anywhere near because of the size of the buffalo bison you know and and we researched it myself and nate wainwhite we were trying to figure out you know how actually large the animal was and 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 uh 1200 pounds is uh is pretty large that's yeah. for sure i tell you it's an impressive sight though to see them run around and uh 
they they do they do a U around the field and then run her right into a, a cage and uh, full speed into the truck. And, I mean, it's, and then it's, uh, lock it up, but they, yeah, as it, fast it, as possible. It, it's an art form, and they they've mastered it up there for sure. I want to mention to you that we've mentioned you on the air the last two Sun Devil wins. I wanted to just get quick thought from you last week. Uh, you were conspicuous by your presence on the sideline. The temperature in Boulder got down to about uh, the mid-40s by game's end, and there's my buddy Joe Connolly down on the sidelines in polo shirt and shorts. You were just uh, showing all kinds of toughness to your team, weren't you? I, I, I haven't worn sleeves in 16 years on a, on a sideline, and, wow. and that's working in New England. It's just something. Yeah, you're from that, Boston, so yeah, you know cold. Man. Yeah, I was at Harvard and and, and University of Massachusetts, and um, it's. Uh, I like being cold, to be honest with you, Tim. It's it's. Uh, I don't mind being a little uncomfortable. I think that's important for for people in life, and uh, I think um, it's important for people in sports, uh, athletes, and coaches. I've always heard the phrase: you got to be some of the best players are the ones that are comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, I think it's something that uh, our society could probably use a little bit more of. You know, you spend your life sort of seeking comfort, you know, a- acquiring things that create comfort. And in, in reality, that's not necessarily the best thing for you. Yeah. And then in the Washington game, I, I got to give you props because uh, you were very animated at the moment when uh, Emory Jones really took one on the chain because it looked like they were not going to call a penalty there for a moment. It was, as I recall, it was a fairly delayed flag that they finally threw, and it ended up being a targeting play, and Asa Turner, the defender for Washington, ended up uh, having to sit out the rest of the game. Yeah, I was completely under control, Tim. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure uh, what you're talking about, but uh, no, it it was one of those things where uh, I wanted to let him hear it a little bit, and sometimes you got to do that. And but again, you know, I back off when it's time to back off. And, and a lot of times, me and the, the referees have a really good relationship because we're managing the sideline right, and, right. And, and that whole situation. So we're poking fun at each other pretty much the entire game. So there's a, there's a there's a dialogue going a lot on of give before and take. that exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but in that instance, yes, uh, I was relatively animated. But the most important thing is Emery was okay. You know? He was okay, and the flag was thrown appropriately, and it was the correct call. So. Yes, it was. Share with us your perspective on the team's play the last couple of weeks. Uh, it just seems like this team's getting exponentially better week in and week out under Coach Iguana. Yeah, I think, you know, our renewed sense of details and accountability is, is super important, and that's something that, you know, I think our athletes are leaning into, and I think that um, you're seeing the results of that on the field, not only from an execution standpoint, um, attention to detail standpoint, and, and the results are there. And, um, you know, everything, everything matters. So everything from, you know, their academic attendance you know that's something we talk about daily i think that there's a direct correlation between doing things right all the time and the results on saturday and you know i know coach iguano agrees that that those things matter um the x's and o's matter too but when you don't have that foundation of having the idea of doing everything right for yourself and for your teammates um everything then uh, you won't have the same result. So I, I think that builds confidence as well, and I think that's the most important thing. I would imagine that a coaching change early in the season, in season, is pretty unnerving for uh, members of the staff, but it seems like all of you 
have come together really nicely under Coach Buono. Give us your perspective from the inside on how that's worked for you on the staff. Yeah, unfortunately, Tim, this is my second time almost in this exact situation. So when Coach Spurrier retired at South Carolina, he retired game four. Oh, wow. And so we had a full year, basically, of an interim coach. Um, and, you know, me and Coach Aguano talked when when um, Coach Herm uh, stepped aside. And um, there was a plan in place, but, but in, in my opinion – um, he's doing an exceptional job. The players have bought into uh, the messages and, and the, the asks that he has uh, presented to them. And with his leadership and our leadership group and the coaching staff, we've really, I think, got a lot closer as a group. How does this team rate from your field of expertise in terms of their strength and conditioning? How would you rate this team overall? I think it's very good. Um, yeah. I mean, we look at – so we talked about it, I think, last year, a lot of the technology and the right, analytics right. that we look at and the data. And so it's kind of a weekly thing where we're manipulating certain things, we're adding to practice, we're subtracting to practice, we're comparing mm-hmm. a Tuesday to the previous Tuesday to the previous right. Tuesday. And the one thing that I was extremely impressed with our team was when we went up tempo – our guys didn't flinch, and and we didn't talk about it at all. But that was also at altitude, um, which is a whole nother ball of wax that, oh, yeah. that, that is a factor um, when you let it be a factor. But our guys didn't flinch, and they did a tremendous job. I, I saw some statistic about um, the amount of time in between plays, and we were right up there, you know, 10, 12, 14 seconds in between plays. That that's rapid fire, and and to to have the base. Uh, the aerobic base to be able to handle that, um, that's a testament to these young men and the work they did in the offseason. And especially at altitude. And mm-hmm. I know I know from uh, past experience in some uh, venues at Colorado, they take every opportunity to remind you that you're at altitude. Yeah, the second you walk out of that tunnel, there's a giant sign, that I forget how many feet, X number of 5, feet 5,280 yeah. or something or, like that. Yeah, a mile high. Yeah. And, um, but it does make a difference. Yeah. Uh, it seems as though injuries, there have been a few, but they don't, don't seem to have been as many. Of course, a couple of tough losses preseason, losing Mike Matus on the defensive line and Joey Ramos, the Iowa State transfer on the offensive line, two great kids that uh, went down for the season. And a few guys have been out a week or two here or there, but the injuries have not been too bad this year, have they? Do you have any wood around so we can <laughs> knock on it? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I... Uh, that's something we pride ourselves on. You can't prevent them all. Um, football is a you know extremely violent contact sport, and um, we train them for that. And um, again, with the the help of Coach Aguano and our analytics and our science, and then also our off-season training and our in-season training, kind of all those things put together with a good solid plan helps prevent some of those those injuries so we're, we're pretty pleased with where we are who are some of the players that are warriors in the weight room and coach Aguano mentioned that one of the unsung stronger guys on the team is elijah badger your wide receiver who has uh, just erupted and uh, come onto the scene this year yeah um we've all i think known that um elijah has that that capability sort of all along and um as as somebody that doesn't look very big or very strong he's incredibly strong um he's a 500 pound back squatter 
and wow. at, at uh, 190 pounds. That's that's super impressive. Um, I heard some some one of the fans was talking about how he missed leg day. They don't understand. They don't know because he hasn't missed one yet, and and he's he's actually super super impressive. He's like a like a praying mantis or something. It's yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing watching him train. So he's very explosive too. It's so gratifying when you see a player that does all that work uh, burst onto the scene and become the player that you know he can be. How about the three guys uh, that we had on tonight? In their own way, they have to be pretty special. Roe Torrance, for one, what a physical specimen he is at cornerback at six foot four. Yeah, I mean that is uh, that's that's a blessing for us. Um, I know that was an emphasis for us in the off season. Uh, we wanted to get longer. We wanted to get taller at corner, and Roe Ro is a fantastic athlete. Um, and more importantly, he's a fantastic person. He's got great energy in the weight room, comes in with a, with a workmanlike uh, mentality every day and, and, and works his tail off. So we're really happy to have him. And Jalen Conyers, boy, what an inviting target. He and Messiah Swinson are both at the tight end position. Correct, yeah, two very athletic, large individuals. I feel like we've been talking about getting the tight end the ball for about five years now, and we finally did in in the game. And um, and that that to me is uh, you know just a testament to those guys working, you know, continually coming to work each and every day, each and every week, each and every year for some of these guys until until their numbers called and, and, and that moment occurs. And as far as Trenton Borgay is concerned, one of the things that has impressed me in the first two games, I especially noticed this in the Washington game, was. Excuse me. His ability to just stand in there, and he knew the hit was coming, the pressure was coming, but he made the play and got the pass off anyway. And one of them was a touchdown to our buddy Elijah Badger. That's right. And, and you know, Trenton is has been quietly grinding away in a professional manner since the moment he got here, and he's just been waiting for his opportunity to show everybody that 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 he's the guy that we can rely on. And Again, that's a testament to him and his hard work, and, and he's always the first one in the building and first one in the weight room for lift and the first one in meetings, and, and he's ready to work, and and um, we're really glad to have him. How do you feel the kids are ready for UCLA? Today's practice was, was pretty darn good. Um, I, I thought it was very good. The guys are locked in. I think they're they're excited about playing a big game, and uh, as Coach Iguano said, you know, I don't think we're going to flinch. Yeah. Joe, it's always a pleasure, and we mean it. You're one of our favorite guests every year. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Great to see you. Absolutely, Tim. Thanks for having me. Sun Devil Sports Performance Coach Joe Connolly, our guest on this segment of the Maroon Monsoon. Coach Iguana will rejoin me in a moment as we zero in on Saturday's game with the UCLA Bruins. But first, these messages here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light. We thank you for joining us for tonight's installment of the Maroon Monsoon, presented by Coors Light, coming your way live from Dave & Buster's in Tempe Marketplace. I'm Tim Healy. Interim head coach Sean Aguano rejoins us now. And, Sean, let's go back to last week at Colorado. Your team, before the game, entertained an, a distinguished visitor prior to the game, a fellow that's well-known around these parts, uh, Jake the Snake Plumber came by to visit with your team tell us what that whole experience was like and it was how incredible meaningful it was absolutely and and uh, i had a chance to sit down with him at the, at breakfast for about an hour or so and um he talked about his farm he talked about uh, you know his philosophy after playing football um it was exciting to hear you know he still wants to play football he's a sun devil at heart um is excited about uh 
our opportunity in Colorado, but uh, learned a little bit about his family. It was an incredible experience. Jake, uh, for the fans who haven't had a chance to meet him, uh, is one of the greatest people and one of the most down-to-earth Sun Devil icons you could imagine. Two of the most iconic figures in the history of this program are Jake Plummer and the late Frank Cush, and they were both as down-to-earth, approachable people as you will ever meet. Absolutely, and uh, we kept, we felt real comfortable um, just just talking about the old times, and then he had a chance to speak to our defensive group, um, letting them know how much the Sun Devils meant to him and uh, um, was very encouraging to them uh, before the game. Boy, that really is important, isn't it, to try to, uh, for the history, history and tradition of the program, for your players to get to see and hear from guys that have uh, written some of the history of this program. Absolutely. I think it's important for all the alumni to come and share their experiences. I know our kids uh, um, look on our sidelines at practice, and we've been very fortunate that uh, there's been a lot of alumni coming out, and, and uh, I'm making calls and making sure that uh, they feel part of the program because this still is their home. Mm-hmm. And so I want to make sure that... Uh, they understand that uh, they can come back anytime. And another alum we should mention was Jake's roommate and backup quarterback, Gus Farwell, the quarterback now turned commentator and distinguished opera singer who is going to perform at Gamage Auditorium on Friday evening. Absolutely. We have our leadership group that's going to uh, tailgate with a, a bunch of the alumni, and then I'm going before our meetings at our hotel, I'm going to. Uh, stop by and, and watch uh, Gus's performance, and, and I'm excited about that, too. I'm hoping to get there as well. We had Gus on uh, Ray Anderson's weekly uh, video podcast the other day and just enjoyed uh, reminiscing with him about that great 96 team. And, of course, Gus went viral during the pandemic with his opera singing uh, for his neighbors in Barcelona, Spain, and that literally did go viral around the world. Absolutely, and then uh, I had a chance to meet his wife as, as well. And, Claire, yeah. Yeah, and he, she, he, they're both excited to be at Gamage, and uh, I could see, uh, you know, his um, his anticipation of, of, of his performance on Friday, and, and uh, we were on the same uh, con- podcast, not podcast, but the interviews right. on, on Monday, and so um, I'm happy to see that uh, he's back here. What will be some of the keys against UCLA? What things concern you about the Bruins so potent offensively and their defense, I think, is better than some people realize? Absolutely. You know, their run game, we're going to have to stop two guys. We're going to have to stop number 24. Zach Charbonnet. And we're going to have to stop number one, the quarterback. Dorian Thompson-Robinson. DTR is what I call it. And make other guys beat us. Uh, On the offensive side, we have to make sure that uh, we execute our game plan, um, making sure that we stay in at the temple and keep them off balance. And then our kids just playing hard. Um, everybody running to the football, that's been an emphasis. And so uh, we're looking for an exciting game. Here's a number to chew on as uh, we wrap up the show. In the Chip Kelly era, UCLA, in their wins under Chip Kelly, plus 26 in turnovers. In the games they have lost, they are minus 25. So that statistic alone may end up telling the story. Absolutely. And, you know, with their high-powered offense, we're going to need to make sure that we uh, have some takeaways, maybe uh, even on the uh, special teams um, uh, factor. And the Sun Devils have a, a, a string of games going with at least one pass interception, and hopefully that will continue. The Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered Saturday for the ASU-UCLA game beginning at 5 p.m. The Sun Devil Tailgate Show, hosted by Jeff Munn. He'll be broadcasting live from the Santan Ford Club. And then Jeff Van Raphorst, Kevin Turner, and Sean Cressman will join me for the play-by-play broadcast starting at 7.30. You can hear the game on ESPN 620 AM. Our thanks tonight to uh, radio engineer Sean Cressman for his help. 
Thanks as well to uh, Lauren Koval, our in-studio coordinator, for her assistance as well. From Sun Devil Football, our thanks to uh, Nate Wainwright and Mark Gasoline for their help. And again, a big shout-out to the folks at Dave & Buster's and to our great fans here at Dave & Buster's. Sean, best of luck to you this weekend. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you. And we thank you folks for joining us. We'll be back next Wednesday night, November 9th. We hope you'll join us then. Till then, for Coach Sean Aguano, I'm Tim Healy. Thanks for listening. So long, everybody.